it's important the fact that we were there last year often because I know it's a bit of a cliche on that and it's not one that I actually like to use that much but a lot of people do say you have to lose one to win one and that was probably also the case you say with our domestic championship we uh, three three years ago we lost to Nairon in the final and then the following year we, we got over the line and again like that we had to win so hopefully that is the case on Saturday but look at teams have lost two and three on the spin so it's, it's it, it'll be out yeah but it, it'll only just be, it will have the fact that the lads have experienced it before yeah but that's all you have moulded a group of hurlers, Michael, over the years who are ambitious. They have got to the top of the tree in Sligo and stayed there. And you have exciting players to watch, whether the name is Cawley or McHugh or Kilcullen. Uh, Eski have been the standard bearers in Sligo. Um, f- what is needed to make that jump at provincial level, in your mind? Well, I think often the fact that we had 15 players involved with Sligo last year in the National League in Division 2B, uh, which is a quite a high grade of hurling. We were playing teams like Kildare and Derry, whose club teams compete in the Senior All-Ireland Club Championship. And I was really happy the fact that those lads had the ambition to do that, because obviously I knew that by virtue of the fact that they've been involved at such a high level right throughout the winter months and right up in fact until last June when the Christie Ring finished up, um, those lads would have played more than a dozen high-profile games with the county. And, for example, in the National League final against Derry, uh, which I watched above in Fermanagh, there were 10 of our lads who featured in that game. So that's, that's a huge plus for us, yes. To the outside person, I suppose they'll see the opposition come from Galway. They must be good. It, it, it's not as clear cut as that, is it? In, in hurling, no. Maybe it was years ago, but obviously the dynamics of things have changed quite a bit. From the point of view that we know Ballygar are good, they're a traditional hurling club, and they've been hurling for throughout the ages. Okay, probably since the foundation of the association. Whereas we ourselves, it could be said in some respects that we're a fledgling club, but at the same time, what you will find when you look into it, when you dig a bit deeper, is that our lads have been hurling from a very early age, which would be the case traditionally in the stronger counties, whereas in the weaker counties, a lot of lads might be taken up hurling in the past because the fancy having to go when they're 15 or 16 or whatever. And basically, that doesn't work. With hurling. hurling has to be brought up from the, 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 from the roots. And we certainly have done that. These guys have been on the road just now since they were under 8s, under 10s. They've been winning county under 12 titles. All Ireland say that under 14 titles. They won two of them in 2013. They won two Connacht under 16 titles in 13 and 15. I think people like Rory McHugh and Andrew Cullen and James Weir and like that, I think they would have all four medals. They would have two All Ireland sailors and two Connacht under 16. So, you know, this, this isn't a flash in the pan or this isn't a group of lads that have appeared from nowhere. There has been an awful lot, and I mean an awful lot of work put in with these lads at Underage. We have probably travelled the length and the breadth of the country. We heard in Kilkenny, we heard in Galway, we heard in Limerick, we heard in Tipperary, we heard in Dublin, we heard in Antrim, in Derry, all over the country, literally. 
And I'm just wondering, Michael, when you and, and your, your fellow mentors started out with this hurling project in West Ligo with Eski and you had the eight-year-old version of James Weir, etc., etc., this is where you wanted to get to, isn't it? To be contesting Connor Club finals. Or did you have specific goals in mind at the time? <laughs> yes, I, I had a very specific goal often. Um, for years, we were hearing the, the, the throwaway remarks being, being cast in our direction, ah, where are you going with that whole hurling? And things like that. And I used deep down in my heart that the only reason the hurling wasn't taken off in hurling in Sligo and countries like it was basically two things. It wasn't really been given a chance to breathe. It wasn't being promoted properly by the county board. And also, uh, the coaching was inadequate. And I knew that if we changed that up, I knew that we could create a bunch of lads that could compete with any team, anywhere. And part of that strategy was to bring them to all the traditional hurling counties that we did bring them to. And to win in those counties, you know, they, they actually went to Kilkenny and they played two games of a Saturday. I'll never forget it. They played a game against Mooncoin on the 16th. And then straight away after that game, they played Tilltown. And at that time, Mooncoin, who was probably one of the most successful clubs in Kilkenny, I think they had 12 senior titles, they were operating out of Division 1 in the Kilkenny on the 16th league. And Tilltown were operating out of Division 2. And our lads won both of those games. And that was a massive flip for the lads because now they were starting to realise that they could play Ireland against any team anywhere. And for me to get that embedded in the mindset at an early age, because you know what they say about children, like they're sponges, they absorb the information. If they believe they can win, then they believe. If you don't get them that belief, well, then they don't believe that. And, you know, that's basically how, I, how it works as far as I'm concerned. 